Hey everybody, Ken Pooch Van Druten here, along with my buddy Chris Raybold. Hey Chris, how you doing? <laughs> Good man, how are you? I'm doing great, man, except for my uh, Howie Mandel OCD uh, touching everything is freaking me out thing that's happening right now. <laughs> right. I'm literally... All my germaphobe friends make sense. <laughs> they, they are the ones that were right, you know? I'm like walking yeah. around just going, oh man, I don't want to touch anything. Um, yeah. yeah, going to the store is an adventure. It's like a, um, it's a scene out of the movie Contagion for sure. It's um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But um, I'm trying not to be Howie Mandel and, uh, right. you know, be the guy that's going to uh, incorporate back into the world. But actually, um, if this goes well, I'm, we may just do this for the rest of my life. I'm just going to stay inside. And I was going to say, yeah. If we can figure out a way to monetize this, I'll just stay here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, we'll just uh, talk shit about the computer every day. I'm tired. I got to go to bed. I got to go to bed. I'm going to be. I'm gonna, but me going to bed is me in a fetal position. Uh, um, sucking yes. my <laughs> sucking my thumb. Stay away from that for a while. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, all right. So here we are. But uh, we're having we're having some fun shooting these videos. We hope you guys like them. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, what I thought of, we might talk uh, today about is um, kind of like the relationship that you and I have uh, with a system engineer, you know, um, I think, um, you know, a system engineer's job um, 10 years ago was a guy that pushed boxes in the building and pointed speakers at people and went, okay, and handed the keys over, you know, like, mm -hmm. here's the car's running, here you go, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, let's point some speakers up in there because there's going to be some people, you know, um, that was the role of a system engineer. And so coming up, um, I uh, and, and you spent a lot more time in be, being a system engineer along with being a mixer. Right. Um, sure. I know that I spent a bunch of time um you know, uh, tuning PAs and like trying to get them to work. Well, now, um, certainly in the last 10 years, um, there's this skill set um, that is required of a second job, which is a system engineer. Um, and it is somebody that I rely on heavily. And I think more so than you do, because you still kind of tune your own PAs and still want more control than I do. Um, and I know that, and I'll have you speak to that here in a minute. Um, but, but for me, I really count on that person. And when it's right is when that person is really good at their job. And my job is to hand them a left and a right. That's really good. Here you go. You take that and make it sound the same here as it does everywhere else, you know, um, or make it sound everywhere else as it does here, uh, the way that's, around. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, that is uh, a skill set that I don't really want to have. Like, mm -hmm. I am, um, I like networking. 
but uh, it's not <laughs> it's not my yeah. favorite thing to be involved yeah. in, and that is like literally what a system engineer's job is. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I don't know. Speak to that man because I know that you. I've watched you. Like I've come and visited you, and you still incorporate into your workflow. Um, tuning things, more tuning things than I do. I expect my system engineer to kind of do things that you are still doing. So maybe speak to that a little bit and tell me why you do sure. that. Yeah, I think part of it is habit. Um, part of it, God, there's a number of things. I could almost use notes. I could use like a cue sheet for this. Cause I feel, I, honestly, because I feel so incredibly strongly about this topic as much as uh, more so than I have about anything else we've talked about. And I don't want to leave anything out, but, uh, I value that, uh, act the system tuning so incredible. I hold it in as high regard as you can hold anything. And I definitely want every systems engineer out there to hear me say that. And everyone that's part of the crew at all, everything matters. Every last Absolutely. bit of the day matters. The way those boxes are pinned, the way, you know, and then of course you get down to the logistical ways that things are done so that we can move on to the next city that matters. But even on a sonic level, you know, everything matters. And I really highly value the process. I, so like some of maybe some of the difference, but see, you don't get as involved as I do, but you have specific things you're looking for and listening for. So it's almost, it's, I just still kind of do some of the movements. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just saying like, um, I still care about those things, but I am, I think maybe, um, a little bit more like let those things go and be like, okay, once I've had that discussion with a system engineer, I don't want to, mm. I've got enough stuff like on my plate thinking about yeah. mixing uh, and I don't want to have to say to that guy every day, like, Hey man, you know, the, the 100 to 250 range, that part of this PA, I don't like, you know, this little section in it. And it's every day that I cut. I just feel like having watched you and you tell me, I mean, maybe it isn't true, but I feel like you still no. take a hands-on right. approach to it more than I do. Like I let it go. I go, dude, that's your job. Just do it. You know? Um, yeah. and that was me. That's you're, you're right. And that was me to, with an overly long answer trying to just say something super righteous about how highly I value the tuning process to answer the question though. <laughs> yes. I still go pretty deep with it. And it comes from, I, did a little studio work, but by and large, I was like a clubhouse guy. I worked for local companies or I did a small, small wedding frat party bands and I was the only guy. And uh, part of what I, what I really got into was ringing out wedges, which is a lot of my coworkers would laugh. Think about me doing that now. It was ringing out wedges and tuning PAs. Right. And I fucking loved it. And we talked about tuning and something the other day. And I really take great pride in it. So there's that. It's just old hat. Plus, I started learning smart early on and really believed in what it was doing and the way that it removes opinion. You know, data doesn't care about the argument you just got into with your wife. And data doesn't care about your mood or your cold or anything. It's just that. And incorporating that into this highly subjective world appealed to me early on. So I do. I like to know what's going on. Uh, I know that ultimately I will have to answer to whatever the greater problems are, if there are any that night, you know. Um, and it just gives me a sense. I used to really enjoy tuning. I just said I enjoy tuning. I used to really enjoy tuning. Now I don't enjoy it so much. It's just kind of part of the day. 
And I okay. do like to know where all the bodies are buried, meaning why this zone is a little lower today or why we did this here. Like we, I always make sure that we run a very consistent ship and that the person working with me in that systems engineer role is on board with that concept too. Like he's not just doing what I say. I want that person to believe cool. in what I'm doing, what we're doing. So usually there's not a lot of adjustment between zones, but if there is, I don't want to find it and go, what is this? Cop some shitty attitude when I don't need one, then them go, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. And then it turns into, well, why wouldn't you? It's like, we don't have time for that. I'd rather us both know where everything is and how it's all done. Also, knowing myself, when something starts to go awry during the show or things are just a little frantic, I don't want to be wondering what's, I wonder if we, if we did something over there. It's just, again, I get, I'm really big into minimizing variables. So it's just that I know exactly what I want. Um, I do, I'll, I'll, I'll stop just so I can stop talking for a minute, but then I'd like to go back on that, that in relationship with the SE, but that's why I'm still into it. It's just, it's not control. It's just, it, it gives me a sense of ease and understanding of where we are. You know. Totally. And all those things are completely valid. Um, I guess I'm more along the lines of once I develop trust with the guy, um, then it's uh, it's one of those. <laughs> I always say that there's a, like a, a limited amount of RAM in my brain. Like there's yeah. a, a limited amount of things that I could be thinking about, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I really feel like I want to flush my brain RAM when it comes to being the system engineer <laughs> shit. Like yeah. I don't, I don't want to have to think about it. I want to completely trust that guy and let him go. But I totally get the, you know, your comment of, you know, I want to know where the bodies are buried is mm -hmm. absolutely something um, that if I focused on, I would start to, you know, go in a loop of, oh shit, yeah, I should know where the fucking bodies are buried. And, you know what I mean? You know what? You know what? <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you're saying yeah. the same thing as me. It's like, yeah, yeah I know my mind can go crazy places. Let's yeah. just narrow the amount of area it has to work with. One thing, since you and I know what we're talking about specifically, something I didn't say, I guess, to anyone listening is what Pooch is talking about is I still come in, like, I don't shoot the room. Right. I've often said, I don't want to, I just, I understand. If it always, my, I'll develop the way it'll be with my systems guys. I'll get a text or he'll tell me, hey, this is what we're doing today. I usually can kind of already know. I don't shoot the room. I walk in. I also, I even try not to listen. If they're, I make, I ask, uh, no, I require politely that we, that, that the system components be checked daily in, in a systematic way yep. of going about it. I want to know not just that it's flown and that it's metering correctly. I want to make sure that we listen to every circuit. Someone Absolutely. Did. I don't listen, which is hard. And I'll walk the room and stare at my phone, but don't listen. Nope. You didn't hear that. I walk out there. Um, I do the, I'll do the alignment and the tuning in conjunction with them. You walk up and are kind of like, okay, what do we got? And I know you still run smart and everything. So it right, isn't that the difference? Or, do, it, or no, you, you need to listen. You do the critical listening as well. Right? I I do. I don't do the work. So I'm not the guy that's doing the alignment and that kind of stuff. There's another, you know, my system engineer is doing yeah. the work, but I sit there mm -hmm. and um, over time, I learn what his tuning tools 
um, right. sound like on new stuff. And I am the guy that is sitting there the entire time listening to what's happening. Mm -hmm. When he's checking every component, I am listening all the stuff. I'm just mm -hmm. not doing it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and so when I participate is where I come into it is kind of like um, him saying, okay, it's ready. It sounds like it's supposed to every day. And literally it's me hitting space bar on, on virtual playback. Yeah. Um, so Which, I'm, I am letting him work all up to the point where he can confidently say to me, Hey, this is, mm -hmm. it sounds great today. Here's what I've done. We actually have a conversation. That's interesting. We do every single day have a conversation that is him explaining to me what he has done. So I, I do know yeah. where the bodies are buried, but I didn't do it. Yeah, you do. Right, like I didn't. Right. I didn't. Someone being reported back to you. you that's, exactly right. of, that's exactly right. Hey, that's exactly right. Hey, watch out when we fire up the the yes. seventy hang. It kind of lights up that corner. But totally. That's, and a, a good SE will come prepared with the want to give you that knowledge. Totally. Without even have to ask. And that's when we get into these intangibles that people have. And the same applies for systems engineers. You know. I mean, I you know I have found. Um, just in a, not even in the audio world, just in the, in dealing with people in general, if you let people, um, work for you, like if you don't try to micromanage someone, um, if they're good at what they do, their success will be you not getting in their shit every day about what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And so, right. so for me, I find the less micromanaging I do, um, mm -hmm. the better that person succeeds. That doesn't mean that I'm not watching from afar to see like what the hell's going on, you know, like I'll, of course. I'll, of I'll course. hang out and be like, you know, what is going on with that kid that's flying PA right now? Like what is happening? Mm -hmm. And, and I'll, yeah. I won't, maybe won't have a conversation right that second, but I, I you know, I follow the whole thing of, Hey, I'm going to go talk to my system engineer so that he can talk to his crew. Um, you know, the, the chain of command, uh, whatever that is. So it's not that I'm not involved. It's that I am trying to let other people succeed at what they do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. it, abs it absolutely does. And, you know, I should say, too, I've had one guy that I've worked with, um, Chris Sully Sullivan. Shout out to Sully. Uh, Shout out. There's, there's, there's a few Sully's out there, and he's one of them. But um, <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> We were so on the same page. And again, let's let's make it a, maybe an upcoming, the next, within this talk, a conversation about that, maybe some more to the specifics of that interaction with that person. But um, I got to the point where he would, he would do the alignment. I mean, he would do his normal job with anybody else that wasn't still interested in it, like I happen to be. Sure. Uh, and he would, but not... I will tell you, he wouldn't do. I would go to the processor and put in put in EQ filters or ask for different. But I would walk up and he'd go, "Okay, here's what we got today." Now, with modern tuning tools, with the way that you tailor the tonality of the PA within the processor, he actually would have already done some EQ. By you know, he would say, "I've done." Depending on what we were on, he and I were often on. Um, Claire cohesion and then on DNB stuff. So it would be, this is what I've done with the NF filters on the Claire stuff, or it would be, uh, and also the different, uh, forgot what it is. It's their way of compensating for the, for the buildup of the low mids in longer arrays, the sizing of the array. I forgot yes. what it's called. Yeah. That, um, God, I can't believe that. I can't remember either. You know, right I, right, but yes, yeah. the, 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 the different, 14, yeah. 
Quarantine yeah. has made us all dumb. Yes. Been, we haven't worked in 34 years. Or in D&B, it would be the CPL and all these So he would have done some things, but the thing is they would barely ever change every day right. uh, because he was so consistent and we were so consistent. So I got to the point with him where he would walk up, say, here's what we've got. And he already knew, like my first thing, when I walk up to the desk, the first thing I do is I turn every zone off, but the main left and the main right, no flown subs, no nothing. Yep. And I take a pan pot and I take it to the left. Yep. I mute so I don't hear it pass through the center yep. and I do the right. And I sit there and I go back and forth just like I'm in a, some shitty club. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I listen and I listen as critically as I do all day long and make sure that I'm not being influenced by reflections or this. Yep. And that's the first thing I do. And that, that is like that. Oh, I hate it when I'm like, oh, when I hear something and I know it's real because we have to start yeah. troubleshooting from the jump. Exactly. So he'll walk in and he will have already shown me here's left, here's right on a thing. Like he's so, he was so ready Good. for me. That's the way it should every be. Every yeah, way. Yeah. And dude, our tuning process, we could do a stadium or an arena in no time at all. Good. You know, it's just, but, but still boom, 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 zone to zone to zone to zone. So uh, in, in that same traveling down that same path, um, you know, what I uh, enjoy, you know, the the guy that I'm working with right now, shout out to Mike Ackman. He's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. What he does with me, which is really cool, is um, he'll, if we end up, you know, I'm in a band that goes and does a lot of festivals. And so it's like, there are periods where it's like PA du jour for weeks. Like I'll be mm -hmm. on clear cohesion to, for the tour for like arenas. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, every PA in the world for weeks mm -hmm. on end. And his goal before I even show up is to like um, tailor that PA to kind of have the same signature that mm -hmm. whatever PA that we agree on is like the best sounding one. So for instance, yep. with Iron Maiden, we really think that the cohesion sounds the best with that band. So mm -hmm. we take a smart trace of it, but also listening, we know what the signature of that PA is. And yeah. he does whatever it takes to make that signature happen mm -hmm. on another PA. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so, it's something that I look for in a really good system engineer is I'm presenting the same mix every day and I want the result of that mix to be very similar. I have decided that, hey, what's coming out of my left and right is very good. I want the signature of it to be the same. So mm -hmm. um, what makes him very good is making a K1 sound like, uh, you know, the similar and a J series and a cohesion and a E15 and whatever. And I know every single one of those boxes have different qualities about them, but mm -hmm. every day that I step up and he hands the keys over to me, I know that the initial part of this is going to be a very similar signature to what I'm used to. And I think that's a really mm -hmm. important thing for a system engineer to know. Uh, and that's what mm -hmm. I look for from a system guy. Can you speak to that at all? Or Yeah. Well, my first, you know, I love those if they're festivals, meaning if they're like outside, I don't want to do a different PA in a different arena every day. That sounds right. like a nightmare, <laughs> but doing a festivals, I really did. Cause if you've got a mix that's slamming, good, yeah, you know, He's slamming and you're out. I always talk about flat fields with no winds, man. That's the closest thing we get to near fields, you know? Right. Um, uh, I like, I like kind of 
showing what you got on different PAs and, and there's yeah. that little bit of brotherly competition and it's, totally. and it's uh, so that can, that can be fun. Um, I'm but, just uh, talking about like, for instance, the preset of a J series is missing a bunch of the super sparkly bits, right? Like if that you, was if, my next point. Okay. Yeah. So if you, if you looked at a trace of a J series, it's like this, right? You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. here's the low end and here's the high end. It's, it's kind of got this. Whereas the trace right. of other PAs is more kind of linear. Um, mm -hmm. So when I show up at a J series, Hackman is already either you know, cutting the low end or boosting the high end to make it seem more linear. So that's, yep. that's what I was talking about. So speak to that. And that was good. Yeah. So to that point, that systems guy might also know, I guess real quick, I got excited because I really do like this. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I agree with you, like, hey. dude, there's nothing like showing up and being the headliner and also looking around yeah. and being like, all right, I'm going to fucking smoke these guys. It's, it's going to be great. It, you got, it's not a fair fight. We had a chance to tune and everything else. <laughs> it's not a fair fight, is it? Yeah, yeah it's not at all. No. Uh, so, uh, but, <laughs> you got but, brass knuckles and they don't have shit. No, yeah. no, 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 it's not fair. But so if that's what I was going to say is a, a really good systems guy will also know I can approximate tunings via measurements, but I also know that to your point, all of these dis different systems have different sonic signatures and they might often measure fairly similarly yet sound markedly different. In totally. other words, and it, and it's usually in the HF, it's usually in the HF where it's most noticeable, you yep. know? So like a flatter, whatever, might sound uh, brighter than another PA. I'm thinking of specifics, I'm not saying them at the moment, but it's just, there's anyway. So a good systems guy would know how to do that with his ears for, first and foremost, you know what I mean? Just, totally. just know what he's listening for. And that's where we get lost a lot now with uh, system tuning and systems engineers and front of house guys too, is there's so much, as much as I sit here and uh, talk so favorably about acquiring data and analysis. That's all they're looking at, and uh, that that's not what I want. Tool. Yeah, no, yeah. I want no. a guy that's be over and beyond that. That's only yes. forty percent of the job. Sixty percent of now, the job is that guy knowing what sounds good, and that's the problem. And I just did something with the signal to noise podcast guys, uh, and I think we talked. We got onto this there, but. One of the big things I've found is nowadays, like you said, the job, and I've totally butchered whatever your orig original question was. I apologize. Doesn't matter. But the job a long time ago was more, it was always went hand in hand with being the crew chief. Now it's almost too busy to be the crew chief in a lot of scenarios. But it was just, you know, uh, now I don't want such, I don't want my system engineer being the crew chief, actually. And that, and that request at first I made it to was kind of looked at oddly. Now it's becoming the norm where they're yes. just too damn busy. They can't, they don't need to worry about where the trucks are. That's right. So nowadays, because there is such an IT component, like you said, networking and all this other shit, that net, the IT component is a greater time suck than anything. So what's happening is, as we're again, talking about generations as they're coming up, I'm finding more and more guys that are super technology savvy, less and less critical listening savvy and finding someone that pairs those two what I'm looking for ultimately in a systems guy is that, you yep. know, because that's, I, I'll, I'll freak out. If you ask me what's wrong with the network, I don't know. There's just red lights flashing and it yes. sounds wrong. That's right. Like I, and 
I've got as much as I'm into system tuning. This is this is this is this is just me being honest. As There's red I'm lights thinking, on, and I don't know what yeah. the fuck is happening. You make it Something happen. Bad yeah. is happening. That's right. You fucking fix it. Fix you know? it. <laughs> uh, ironically, when shit gets really crazy, that's when I get my most chill. If the hi hat is moved two inches, that's when I act like a fucking child. Like there's okay. no sensibility to it. I, but. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> so that's what I'm looking for now is I want like I don't care about technology. Here's the deal: I'm not like you're more technology savvy, way more than I am. And part of it might be just like fear because now I've just like I've I've gotten behind in a lot of aspects technologically. But most more you talk about you only have so much RAM in your brain. Yeah, mine is that way for technology. That's why networking issues with plug-in servers and stuff make me go insane. It's just because I'm like, ah, I don't want to deal with this. You know, I just want to think about the reverb. You know, <laughs> I so get it. I need that system guy to like again. I go back to my buddy Sully or anyone like him. Hackman's the same way, man. They're not at all afraid to jump in there and dig into whatever the problem is on a tech on, on that level on that end and also know then what the end result should be sonically because it's got to be it's got to be, be both got to be both mm -hmm. yeah and that is uh what i think separates some of the best uh you know earlier on i was talking about how there's a skill set that's important that people have now and that's really what we're talking about is someone that is a really good at knowing what sounds good and knows how to achieve that but mm -hmm. also has all of these tools in their toolkit of like when mm -hmm. all the red lights are flashing they're the guys that know what's up you know? And you know what? That person need not be a mixer. Like I feel like a lot of times no. I will even I will even cite someone and say, and he's a good mixer, which I don't want to mean puts them on some other. Like you can be. It's no different than an audiophile yeah. that listens to nothing but program material all yeah. the time. Just two tracks. Like learn to listen at that level, and that is your. You know what I mean? Like that is a skill set totally. unto itself. I find the best guys are guys that don't want to be mixers. They're the guys that want to be the system engineer, right? Yes. Like they're the guy sure. that's like, no, 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 this is my side of the street. You stand uh -huh. your side of the street, but we're going to make something together that's, you know, awesome. Uh, and that person is the same guy that when, if you're, you're at a shed, and you are you are sucking. He's not going to walk out. He's not going to walk out of there with the tablet and, be, and say, "I'm going to make it sound so much." He's going to try to remix it tonally. Oh my he's god! He's going to hit the point of his life in that moment is to make it sound like shit everywhere. That's right. You know, because that's exactly that's right. The goal. That's right. Replicating what's happening. That's you know? right. Um, that's an so, interesting. That's, that's a really interesting point, and that that is exactly that would true. be hard. Because oh, a man. lot of guys are going to go over there and they're going to fix it, what they wish they could fix all night long. And it's like, ultimately, that's not your, that's my, it's our job to get right or fuck up, you know? Totally. No, that's um, true. That's true. I will say, um, if I really trust a system engineer and we have a relationship over years, I will say sometimes to those kind of guys, like, hey, listen, when we were listening to stuff, you know, tuning and checking stuff, I noticed that the corner over there sounded in the 270, it, it seemed like it was really harsh. So if it's harsh during the show, then fix it. You know what I mean? It's like, don't, don't just yeah. stand there and yeah. let it happen. You know, make it sound like oh, yeah. it sounds here. You know, so I just wanted to point that yeah. out. It's like, I'm not expecting guys to walk around and not do something. I want guys to do stuff. Particularly come showtime, you yes. know, like Hackman, I bet you he looks at you and goes, 
because <laughs> that's what he used to do to me. You know, you'll have some sort of like, yeah, yes. go for it. Yeah. You know? I expect them to, if if it's bad, I will have maybe taken a second to say, hey, I'm really here in the side of the room. Yeah. But I'm no, more totally. like, at, at that time, I'm like, go do your thing. Yep. I got enough going on. Trust you. He always Clean lets me, he always lets me go. Usually the first two songs, and if everything's yeah. kind of you know normal, if there's nothing that's really weird, he does it. He looks at me and goes, "I'm going," and I'm like, "All right, cool." Yeah. And then he's gone for like three songs. If it's a stadium, he's gone for like five songs. Yeah. Um, and what he does really cool, which I like, is um, he sits whoever he thinks is his second, whoever is mm-hmm. a guy that. either it's a guy that flies the PA or maybe it's the crew chief or whatever. It's the guy that he considers in the crew being the guy right underneath him in the chain of command. He puts that guy in his chair while he goes Uh, and walks five songs. And so I never feel like I'm totally alone with the system. Uh, He's always, there's always someone there that um, I could turn to and say, why is the subs doing something weird? Like, can you look at that and see what's going on? Because again, I don't have time for that. Like I'm so focused on what's happening in my mix. I don't want to know what's happening with the system, but I want a guy that's there. Um, So I I like that. I don't know if you like that, but- um, I do for sure. I want to know someone's there. And really, again, just on a, what does that error message say? Totally. I don't want to just so you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah. so for and for for peace of mind, I don't need someone to hand me a drink. Yeah. But I do need to know that no, no, no. they're watching. Totally. I mean, I'm I'm spoiled with Iron Maiden because I actually have two system engineers. I have a, another guy, Tim, um, who is uh, an amazing system engineer in his own right, and he is uh, is a Claire guy. Mm-hmm. And so, anytime that there's a Claire rig, he's there. So now, all of a sudden, I have two different system engineers that are like i would trust with my life with either one of them and so it's pretty awesome you know mike will go take a walk and tim stays with me um and uh Mm -hmm. so anyway i'm i'm very blessed and lucky in that in that regard for sure Mm -hmm. um cool uh so is there anything else you can think of that like your expectations Think about speaking to someone that's coming up in this industry, wants to be a system engineer. What are your expectations of that system engineer? Maybe even like starting in the beginning of the day, like describe what your expectations of what that system engineer would be. Yeah, and this is something I have this conversation with both the com- whatever company I'm working with and with this that person individually about what my uh, expectations and hopes are for us always like from the jump i want to make it very clear because i've sent you know plenty of system guys home just because it wasn't but we weren't the right match yeah i I don't i'd rather rather not do that ahead of time so um what i expect the systems guy to do uh is to obviously to shoot the room what we mean by that you know is go in take the measurements put it into whatever the um predictive software yeah predictive. put it into that software um uh depending on whatever system you're using figure out what the rig needs to be a lot of times they've done that ahead of time but um anyway then to to give all the guys what those what how the rig needs to be hung that day with the specific angles this and that blah 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 blah. put the rig up again component check it verify that it's everything's both working and signals going where it's supposed to be at the right place take it to trim uh, do that in a systematic fashion. You know, there's going to be tape measures on it. If there's not, like you said, I'll be watching, but it's, 
I can't remember the last time I was really never saw anyone do it on a tour. I don't ever remember that. But anyway, they, they too need, would need to be methodical in their movements, barely have time to talk to me. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> like I want them to be hustling because I not freaking out. No, 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 no. Um, and then at the right, keep me involved to whatever degree I need to be. Like, I don't always, I never, I'm honest now, uh, tip my desk. A lot of times they're, they're just like, Chris, don't even come out here. Just don't. I know you do. <laughs> I also do. own your desk. If I owned uh, my desk, I would as well. I know you would. Um, it's and, not uh, about being uh, lazy. It's not about being lazy. It's for me, it's my gear. So I want to plug all the stuff in and that's really, truly what I, it I is. It. Yeah. 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 I totally understand. Um, uh, and there's there's other ways. I don't. I make no bones about walking at two make bones about walking at two o'clock in the afternoon. And because I also I work twenty hour days on the front end, and totally. I stay when everybody goes. Like it all it always out. So uh, I expect the systems engineer to then say to me at the right point. Time, I might be so bored I'm already sitting out there. Like I'll learn their flow. But then if not, they'll hit me up and be like, Hey Chris, we're ready for you. Yeah. And what that means is just what I mentioned earlier. The system's ready. And from there, and this is when I will have the conversation. This is why ahead of time I would have had the conversation about this point during the day. That's where I want to come in, get the debriefing on what we've done, why we did it. Yeah. What's what you what you the guys noticed about the room or what the house guys told them, this or that. Then we're going to start my tuning process, but we are absolutely going to do it in conjunction. And so I'll let the guy know this is what I like to do. The big conversation preceding this is we have to be able to do this together. You mentioned the guy that would rather be mixing. There's also the guy that can only do that gig if he's tuning and handing it over. Like that's going to hurt his ego too much to relinquish some of that driving to me. Right. Now, um, ironically, I've noticed the people with the most confidence in themselves are the ones that are like, absolutely, I'm going to hand you the most the best system I can. And then I look forward to working with you on this. The guys that are a little, it's the dudes that get a little upset quick that you're like, Ooh, what are you worried about? You know? Well, I think it makes, I it, it makes us go somewhere like, man, maybe this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Like how many things yeah. has he kind of like not been paying attention to? I mean, that's, you know, yeah. it's or about trust. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. over tweaking. It's about trust. Right. So yeah. I just let them know at that point in the day, we're going to do it together. And I have a very specific curve that I use. And that curve I'm referring to is in the form of transfer function that I look for. It's really only specific in where the, the mid range looks a certain way. And then the rise into the low end looks a certain way. I have a couple different versions that I know even without having to look at that, or I don't have to like load the other ones to know what they are based on if we're inside or outside or the at the hf i treat a little different everywhere but that's our goal that's the truth that's the gospel that's what you and i are aiming for in yeah. every zone that it's applicable that it makes sense so and then I, that person i i'll drive you know if it's like me and someone i've worked with a lot maybe we don't talk at all because i know he's nailed he or she has nailed the rig yep. the same eq points in or no eq points and uh this is important then i'll, I'll move on I let them know I like to do three or four wireless measurement microphones plus a hard wire that's in front of the house. We lay them out in a plane, um, you know, on access to the PA. There's usually there would be like three laying there, then a ground plane ideally, then mine in the middle. I average those, and then that person will direct to his crew. I'll get what I want. I'll listen. 
I'll listen to the mains once we get them happening. <clears throat> and then I'll say, okay, cool. And that's where we're starting. And then he'll say, all right, guys, pick them up. We're moving to, you know, and they'll move yeah. into the, to the, to the scene to the, of the coverage pattern and they'll move on. And then they move right. So I'm not necessarily direct. It's kind of like good. good yeah, right. You know, and it just, Totally, and we totally, just come totally, up totally. with the flow, and I, I, I let them choose the flow. So that's it. It's a very, it's together, but it has to be together. And if it's someone, I don't want them to see any filters on it when I walk up, you know, um, within the stuff that I work with. If they've, so anyway. No, no, that's that's really great. I think where you and I differ a little bit is I don't get involved in that whole, you know, putting microphones in a plane. Like that's him doing you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there maybe like sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, but most of the time I am. Um, and I'm kind of paying attention to what's happening, but, um, you know, sometimes I'm working on virtual playback or something while he's doing that in headphones. Like I've, you know, um, I do that and, as well. And I know you do that. I'll tell everyone listening. I've watched Pooch do it. I don't, I have a point on purpose where I have to, the systems guy, I tell them every day, I'm like, tell me when you need, tell me when you, tell me when to stop, tell me when to <laughs> shut up. So they'll tap me on the shoulder and I have to give the desk to them to tune. You keep it, you go out to some sort of summing. Well, I, I do it two different ways. And one way to do it, like on a Digico desk, if that's all you have and you don't have, you're not using a summing tool outside of the Digico desk, is I actually build a macro uh, that shuts off the um, inputs of, the master bus to the mm -hmm. outputs to the PA. It shuts oh. off the, the console and turns on the noise channel. So it's actually just a macro that turns on um, matrix, matrix inputs and matrix or matrix inputs and turns off the mm -hmm. console, turns on the noise. And so then I can work in headphones and be listening to my master bus still. Yeah. And none of yeah. that is going to the PA. Uh, all that's going to the PA is still, yeah, um, and mm -hmm. and it works really well, especially when your system engineer is working on the sides or working on something where the, he's not blasting you with pink noise right at front of house. You know what I mean? If he's yeah. working somewhere else, um, man, I can spend that hour that he's taking to do measurements and all that kind of stuff gives me mm -hmm. an hour to kind of just listen and make sure that my virtual playback is still in order um yeah so yeah I, I do do that um i'm really anal about my virtual playback in headphones like checking the show from the night before and just making sure that everything is kind of sounding the way that it should because i what happens to me is if i don't do that over time over a long tour, I'll discover six months into a tour that it's my mix has gone in kind of this weird direction that I haven't like been paying attention to because it's so subtle over time, right? Yeah. So I've noticed in my experience that um, I'll get to a place like six months into a tour where I'm just like, man, I don't know what's happening, mm -hmm. but it's not like how I remember it was in rehearsals. Like, I, I don't know what is happening. And then I'll go back um, and maybe, you know, pull up a show from four months before that and listen to that, you know, um, and, and try to figure out what it is. But to avoid that process of over time, shit changing so much, I am a stickler about from day to day, 
making sure that today's version of the show is sounds like the day before because I have faith in the the rehearsal process and that what I'm coming out of yes. rehearsals with is really good. And so that, now that right there, is you know, times a thousand. That that is the most real thing that we've said yet on this whole thing. You know, that's yeah. that's great, dude. I so I I want to stay focused in that. I don't want to make all these little changes. So eventually, a year down the road, all of a sudden, I'm like standing there and going, "Man, I'm," you know, I get frustrated when that shit happens. Like I go, "Man, my guitars don't sound the same anymore. My bass sounds weird. I don't I don't know what's happening." I mean, I do that anyway because I freak myself out anyway. Of course. Like, but, of course. but this, for me, <laughs> I've discovered, for me, I discovered um, kind of helps me to alleviate that. It keeps me in check, and that's why I do it every day. I think of like, you know, the notion of like, you know, you're scooping a bunch of kittens that are running away. Like, when I <laughs> playback is maybe 15% creative oh i wonder what will happen if i'll try this type shit and yeah. then 85 percent, like you said reeling it back in yeah. you know or oh that's what's happening there that's that or why am i always peeking there why am i always oh that's a he, there's a crash and a kick and a yeah. hat and that bass note there that's what it's like finding things and also just keep bringing things back to the base level because otherwise one thing will happen to you more, more times than not it's just flat out game Oh this, man, it's the whole, whole mix. Because as soon as this does it, yep. if you're a, if you're a, the, interested in your levels at all, there's one or two choices, and a lot of times it's everything else that comes up here. You know, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I um, do that. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, kind of back to the process of your communication with the system engineer. Um, I do all the same things that you do, but I kind of give control to them as, in regards to that kind of stuff. Um, but but very similar, like how we work. And those my expectations are very similar um, to what you described. Um, so then you get to a point where you, um, you, you said... I think in an earlier video that maybe you don't do so much virtual playback. You do um, your own songs that you know, right? I do my own tunes. And, and I know we differ in that, that regard too. And I, with every bit of my soul, understand the argument behind the argument, but the conversation for using your show, there's nothing more applicable. You know, the, I do it for a number. I don't use a lot of playback. I've started using more. And like I said, I'll often just do, like rhythm section and yeah. then add in some other elements to check. But then I'm afraid it's just going to cause this vacancy, no a vacancy sign to go off and every band member to come to front of house and be like, what are you doing? Or, or they start judging you while you're tweaking shit, you know, whatever. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, I put a stop to that pretty quickly because it does happen. Like, the, you know, guys oh, no. will show up. Now, listen, if it's the artist or if it's an MD, they get carte blanche. They can come to front of house. We can discuss stuff all the time. But if the percussion player starts coming at me and talking about how the triangle isn't loud enough, then I turn to that dude and just go, listen, man, I got way more stuff going on than worrying about the triangle. You know, Here's the bigger part of why I do it, though. I can do it while I'm sitting in front of house. I can listen critically while sitting in front of house. I can't walk and do it because this gets back to uh, the True. amount of uh, available, you know, RAM at any given moment. I will be walking also wanting to remix or wanting to move 
I can't I, I can't separate my brain from my creation there and analytically I just can't separate the two. Totally, one hundred percent. So, what's interesting about this is that, and it's horrible that I'm admitting this, but um, most most days I don't walk. I yeah. count on my system engineer to know early on in a tour if I'm working with someone new, I will walk a bunch, and I will just kind of spot check that that person is really doing what they're saying they're doing. But after the first three weeks of a tour, I literally don't walk for the same reason that you're talking about. All I do during walking is thinking about what I should be turning down or turning up in that situation as a mixer and being like, oh, I can't stand cool. it because the vocal is not working in that situation. So absolutely, 100%. Right. Yeah, 100%. And you just, if you think about this, Think about the way the conversation's just gone. We had mentioned though that Mike Hackman or Chris Sullivan or whoever it might be, they are absolutely walking both yes. during the sound check process yes. or tuning sound and show. So that that is being checked repeatedly, and often yes. their team is well. You know, totally. Um, Totally. Um, you know, I count on, you know, the guy that's flying stage right PA and that's all he does is fly stage right PA. I want that kid to want to learn and to, yes. you know, I don't want that guy to be the guy that just flies PA and goes to the bus. I want that yeah. dude, that dude, the guys that I like are the kids that are sitting in the nosebleed seats during the process that we're talking about right now. Yeah. And yeah. coming coming back down and asking me questions about like, how come it sounds like this up there? You know, excuse me. And I'll say, <clears throat> you know, we'll, we'll have a discussion about it. That's what I want is not only the system engineer, but the rest of the crew kind of out there sitting around like pay, being part of the process, you know? Yeah. Usually that's what we'll do. We'll employ just about everyone to move microphones yes. know, with the wireless stuff or move this, move that. So it usually becomes some sort of, and that's newer. That that didn't used to be that, you know, that's yep. last yep. five, 10 years where you see more of that. So that's yeah, cool. you definitely are assigning positions. You know, I know that like um, in a crew that I have, you know, one of the PA flyers all of a sudden becomes the stage patcher, you know, so there's guys up on the stage like dealing with monitor yeah. the monitor system tech and the monitor engineer he is now part of that team being the the stage patching guy uh and then the stage left pa guy is now the guy that is moving one of those microphones that we just talked about so it really is like kind of keeping them as a team and keeping them working nobody is the point speakers of people and go yeah it's good and go to the catering i mean that's not the way right. it works um, right. that, that's my expectations. I want everyone to participate in that. And I want mm -hmm. feedback from those younger kids about what they think should change or what they think is different today. I want more, um, more ears out there for lack of a better word of, you know, um, deciding, um, mm -hmm. you know, how things are, but, um, yeah, man, mm -hmm. that's awesome. So, um, we go through that process. You listen to songs. I listen to some virtual playback. Uh, we get to the point where we're happy. Um, do you, what, what makes you happy? Like where, how does it take, what does it take for you to get? I already know what you're asking. Okay. Yeah. When am I, when am I there? When are you done? Yeah. You know? When are you done? And, and I, yeah, I rely on both. I will know. First of all, somebody told me this. This is really cool. I can't remember if I read this or somebody told me this, but long, 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 long time ago. I think it was before I was even touring. I mean, I toured when I was 19. Then I kind of went back 
down to the club level and kind of got real and came back up. But um, they were like, you know, listen to the venue every day. And there's a point to that ramble. Listen to the venue every day. In other words, let's say it's an arenas or stadiums. When you walk in, listen to the sound of motors rolling over plywood. Listen to the sound of shackles hitting the ground. I do do that too. Yeah, totally. Totally. When you see the stage manager who's 85 feet away from you and you're speaking at this level and you both hear each other fine, you know, like just pick up on aural clues during the day that are probably going to let you know before you even turn it on what you're up against. That's correct. Once I do turn it on, uh, we will, I'll do again. I'll do that series of measurements on the mains and then just on mains. Then I'll listen. Um, and I'll know pretty quick. And first I'll listen to the mains without the subs, uh, or even if it's flown subs, if it extends all the way down there, so be it. But anyway, I'll turn, I'll know right away how long this is going to take. I'll also know what I can and can't realistically expect. So the bar is set in a nanosecond with this is going to suck. How little can we make it suck? Or damn, this could be great. How far can we push it? So I will, again, once we're, every zone is tuned, um, I'll turn it on. I'll just, I'll walk, I'll listen to it in front of house for a while. That's often when I will engage like on the Digico or the SSL, I'll engage the graph and make, just grab things, broadband stuff of a couple DB. Like I'll do that, some global type stuff. Then I'll walk and you know, as you add zones, it gets more reverberant. It gets a little more raw. It will get shittier, you know, but I'll come back. And when I didn't even mention the whole low end, I guess we could go into that separately as a section, but, um, I don't walk until I feel good about the low end, the phase response of all the elements that that should be a separate little conversation. But <laughs> once, I get, once I get that happening, that's when I'm walking. Then I come back and I listen to it while it's all on, which could be hundreds of boxes or it could be a very few. And then I go, I'm just kind of like, I might play a couple other songs. We mentioned having tuning songs that address specific frequency ranges. I might kind of bounce around and then go, all right, we're good. And I'll put the tablet up and either I'll save it or I'll say to my guy, all right, we're good. That's good. You know, it's just kind of a feeling slash level of acceptance that I hit with where we are. Totally it. Um, I'm the same way. You know, in fact, there's some days where my system guy is so good that I'll play half of a song and be like, okay, we're good. And he, I know right away. But he will always say to me, he's like, uh, can you play a little bit more? I want to go walk the room and like, you know, (laughs) check out what's going on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. You know, and then so then I spend the next half an hour playing the virtual playback of one particular song just so he can go walk the stadium, you know, and make sure that it's, it sounds good. We keep coming back to Hackman because he's so good. But man, I I would literally sit with there with my head on the console. <laughs> awesome. Mad, just waiting for the radio to go off. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm thank you. You know, I'm the guy. Yeah. The yeah, front of house yeah, like yeah. Money for listening for two It's only because he cares. He walks every last. Oh season. my goodness! Oh. Yeah, I know. Um, it's amazing. Um, cool. And and then so let's get into that just a little bit. Kind of at the end here, let's talk about low end management and yeah. how that's important. Go ahead. Yep. I was going to say, and I spoke with this on someone the other day. There's two things I consider the black arts uh, in, in live audio. It's awesome. subs, meaning like you know alignment, really getting sub consistent sub response uh, and proper use of vocal effects, which uh, 
I guess we really haven't. We, we touched on vocal effects. I'm sure we'll do a whole thing on it. Those two things are so goddamn hard and they're so critical oh, and they could be make it could be make or break depending on the vocal one not as much the sub stuff for sure so this is what you're wanting to talk about right absolutely 100 so what i do again i i do rely if there's anywhere that i rely on stuff like smart and everything it's on the face trace end of things um and there's nothing like the sinking feeling of a really worked face trace between what's stored and what you're entering going there's no amount of time oh. or or a polarity inversion I can do that's ever, this is going to suck in every way possible. Yes. I don't know which of those ways that's the worst, but so I'll listen to just the mains. And a lot of times if it's a system that's, you know, not full range, that's a pretty ballless sound. It's, you know, pet, 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 pet. And I listen to yeah. the same thing. I listen to that rage track, take the yeah. power back. I just loop the kick drum. I just yeah. listen to that. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Then I'll add in the flown subs. Um, then I'll add in, and then, whew, this is kind of getting into some advanced topics. I'll tell you, I'll move the level up and down. There is the argument that as you move that level, this is a crossover point, ladies yes. and gentlemen. <laughs> as you move that level up and down, you have changed. Let's changed. say this is the sub. Yeah. yeah. I say I turn the sub level down. I've now changed the acoustic crossover point if it started at 80 as i lower it in amplitude it's now at six. so then you get into some kind of what did you and that's why it's one of the black arts you gotta yeah. anyway i'll turn on let's pretend it somehow stays great i'll adjust the flown subs and that's my main sound i try to do a gig where i can get as much out of the air as possible because that's cool. going to be too. the most phase of course yeah. and i think most mixers do because yeah. they understand that's going to be the most phase coherent you can get Let's say I'm using the subs as in their true sub sense. And I say that because sometimes I don't. Sometimes I only use subs almost like in a front fill sense. It's just if I can get the low end response from the PA down low enough, those they're just kind of to fill it in. Let's say I'm using it really to do it as well. Then I'll turn the ground subs on. But I want as much as I can, yet still stay out of limiting, out of the air. Yep. Um, so we look at all the phase traces and then it's just done. It's that same rage track. I'm just turning it on and on and I'm just adding the elements. And a lot of times I'll say, if I did the alignment, I know what it is. If I didn't, I'll be like, what was your other time? Cause so many times they actually had two times. They of course, side on, of course, but anyway, just mess with times, mess with amplitude and I will walk. And the problem with using ground subs is your main sub element. So many times I'll walk to the front row and I'll tell myself, I cannot do this to these people that Absolutely. are down here. Yep. I'll turn it down. So all that being said, my low end response on a tuning level playback program only thing is probably way less than a lot, most what most people would expect. Because I, I, I hate like the whole mix. finger thing that happens with subs too, like the hot spot finger, you know, even I didn't even speak to that. It's so hard to oh mitigate. Oh my God, I know. So I'm so much the same way. I'm like, I want all my low end sub information to be coming from the air. And then this stuff down yeah. here, just kind of filling that in. Yeah. Right. The, um, and with regards to that, particularly as you get on bigger tours, you don't, you oftentimes when it comes to ground subs, you're not choosing their placement. You might have a seat at the table to make an argument for manipulation yeah. of what you're suggesting. Remember, it would be great to show someone the plot of the Bieber thing that we yeah. both collaborated on and where those subs ended up. Because you can mitigate, as you know, as we all know, you can mitigate this sub response 
with certain arcs and walls, but how many pop tours are going to allow you? The subs are going where they're going. And they, you're and going power out not only going where they're going, but they're going when they want to put the, uh, you know, pyro piece or the light, um, where, definitely where you want to put it. You are not going to win in that. You lose. No. Yeah. No, no. So, I mean, at best you get, and, I, and I'd love to speak to this on another another one of these, just about like maintaining that seat at the table in production uh, conversations. Because so many times audio oh, falls at the bottom of that, of that totem pole in, in the live sense. But anyway, well, that's when we I'm, are our own worst enemies in the sense of we keep doing it and we keep making it happen. Um, and so a, a production manager goes, well, the sound guys will just make it happen. And so it's, it is a conversation that we should talk about. But anyway, keep going. Learning, learning how to answer. Can I do? Can we do something? Yes. or Should we do something? That's you know? right. Two totally different things. It, yeah. it really is. So my oh, what I was going to say, and then I'm kind of done. The uh, my I don't tune PA's with a lot of low end. You know, it's a big thing in live sound to have your. It's almost like, hey man, check me out thing to turn on the system and have tons of sub. Yeah. And then guys boost. They don't boost any. They don't have to. Boost. In fact, they're cutting low end on bass guitars and kicks and all that stuff. I like to be able to mix into a PA, and I want something that's as tonally. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of thump, but it's in a. I perceive it as a linear fashion and also appropriate for live sound. Live sound is supposed to have an enhanced low end inherently, you know, um, but I don't, I like to add the low end um, as much as I can. I great. That's great. Oh man. That's a great point. So I, um, ultimately what I expect from a system engineer is the most linear uh, PA mm -hmm. along with a little bit of bump in the low. Um, that's really what I'm looking for. And it it matters. You spoke to it a little bit earlier. It matters that 80 to like 200 range is always like oh, that. Yeah. To me, that's black art. That's like if it you is. get that and, part and right. Different things too. the way engineers and listeners perceive that area. Yeah. Um, what we find pleasing and natural can vary greatly. Absolutely. And the slope of that, how much amplitude of that um, varies from engineer to engineer. And, and I, when I focus, when I'm speaking to a system engineer that I don't know very well, or we're working together for kind of the very first time, that's always the part of the PA that I talk about with them is that 80 to 250 kind of range and the crossover point of where the subs meet the low end, that whole thing is like no, no, the key to success. And here's why. For me, I spend, you know, I come from being a studio guy. So I spend, this brings up the whole point of like, you know, uh, subs on an aux end. We'll get to that in a second. Um, for me, as a studio guy, I spend hours trying to get the high pass filtering right. Um, in all of my channels and making sure that only certain inputs are sharing a certain range of stuff in the low end part of that information and really making sure that um, there's, there's not uh, instruments sharing space in that frequency range because getting that part right in your mix is the key to getting the system to be right for that that part do you know what i mean um so this whole thing i get this question all the time you know guys maybe that don't mix on nicer systems maybe they mix in churches or, or clubs are lower they're like you know well how come you don't mix you know with subs on an augs 
Um, or would you prefer uh, subs on an augs or you know whatever? And my answer is always never subs on an augs. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but my main reason is is that one of the main reasons is that I actually want inputs that you would normally not send to the aug send of a sub. I want some information to be in that. So for instance, the bottom of a snare drum or the bottom of a guitar, the chunk chunk, I wanna mm. use my high pass filter to let the sub have a little bit of that information. Not, not a bunch, but a little bit. When you have subs on an augs, you don't have control over that. You can turn up just a little bit of the low end guitar, but it's still going full range to that sub and whatever the crossover point is from 80 and below, it is energizing all of that information, if that makes sense. So okay. that's why subs on an augs for me don't work because I want control of that crossover point to be controlled by me and my high pass filtering. Um, and yeah. then the second really big part of that is having subs on an augs does all kinds of weird phasing relationships Touch. between a sub and the main PA. Uh, and it's just really not a good idea. Now, does it work in a club? You know, like if you're trying to, you may not have the tools, like you may not have a great sounding desk that has great sounding high pass filters. Um, this might be a way to, for instance, only put the kick drum and only the bass DI into the subs. So like that's the only information that's going on in the subs. That may work for you. Um, but as a generality, I really tell people that um, as a mixer, you should really start using high pass filtering and, and quit using a, a separate sub to the send, to the, or separate send to the sub. I still have control over volume to those things. So volume to my left, right, and my my sides, and uh, uh, subs on the floor, and flown subs. I have the outputs of that I still have control over, um, but I'm really kind of controlling that through the overall left and right mix of it through high pass filtering. Yep. And I know that's what you yep. do too. I just wanted to point that out because it's always a question. It's weird. I, I show up places and always guys say, you know, well, well, how come you don't do subs on an augs? And it's, and so hopefully that, that speaks to that. Do you have anything more to say about that? Or do you think I covered that? Your, your points were as spot on as it gets. I guess I would add to this too. If you get in the habit of mixing in that manner and you find yourself suddenly out, you're with a band, it matters. And suddenly you find yourself with an artist that listens to the mixes. What you did that may have worked with 100% uh, success in the house by utilizing the subs as the high pass and yes. only allowing suddenly that representation, which this matters. I know we mix live sound, but you better believe that matters too. Oh man, all the different... Board mix recordings are your gig keepers nowadays, period. It's a conversation unto itself. But um, suddenly you've gotten in the habit. You you do have a killer mix in the house at the moment, but they listen to that thing and there's all this like shit rumbling out of the vocal everywhere yes. and the hi-hat's yes. about to explode on its stand. And you know what I mean? So totally. it's just breaking that habit when, yeah. That's really a great point. That's really, that's really, really great. Um, wow. I think that there's a lot of information in what we've been talking about. Um, uh, is there anything kind of weird, you know, I'm going to call this video, you know, speaking to working with system engineers. Is there any little last comment you want to make before we wrap this up? 
Honestly, no. I think I'm, I'm sure I'll think of something the second we finish. But uh, of course, I think it's about relationship and, and having a similar goal. And, and I and I and I would go back to stressing for me the importance of its attitude, technical comp- competence as far as IT skills go, basically, yes. and critical listening. It's those things have got to be there. Absolutely, hundred percent. You know, I, um, uh, I I see system engineering. And I see wireless management as the two things to like, if you want a job in the sound industry, like those are the two things that you should be studying all about. Like if you want to be a system engineer, you know, study networking. If you want to be a wireless management guy, you know, take this time to go to the sure website and take all their classes, you know? Um, But those two jobs in particular, if you're good at those two jobs, you will always have work. You know, you can also position yourself in different a different tiered spot uh, financially in the food chain as well, because those are essentially specialties. Those are specialties now within the crew level. So, I mean, yeah, that's right. It's a skill set you will be rewarded for as well. No, that's absolutely that's a great point. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, man. This was really, really awesome. Um, I enjoyed this one a lot um, and I hope you guys did, too. Um, So uh, social media, you know, at Chris Raybold um, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'll give you a splash screen with all my stuff. Uh, Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, Thanks for coming. And uh, we uh, will definitely going to do some more of these. So hang tight. All right. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you.